0: you are listening to a Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect. Well, today I'm going to make my boast, not in our situations and where we've come from. But I'd like to make my boast in Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 And what he's done. Look what the Lord has done. Let's go over to Exodus. The book of Exodus. If you, have, if you have your Bibles. The 12th chapter of Exodus. And we'll start with three. Speak ye unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of the month they shall take unto them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for a house. And if the house will be too little for a lamb, let him take his neighbor's next to his house. Take it according to the number of souls every man according to his eating shall you make the count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year, you shall take it from out of the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it up until the 14th day of the same month, and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take of it blood, and strike it on the two side posts of the upper door posts of the house, wherein you shall eat it. And they shall eat it, the flesh, in that night, roast it with fire, and unleavened bread, and with bitter herbs shall they eat it. Eat not of it raw, nor sodden at all with water, but roast it with fire, head, and legs, and with the pertinence thereof, that's just the would of course would be the heart the liver and the lungs and you shall let nothing of it remain until the morning and if that which remains until the morning you shall burn it with fire and thus shall you eat it with your loins girded your shoes on your feet your staff in your hand and you shall eat it in haste it is the Lord's Passover definitely a show of faith eh standing there with your staff in hand ready to go because the Lord's saying we're getting out of here Amen, for I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods or princesses, if you look at their reference there. So everybody of highest standing in that nation, I will execute judgment, I am the Lord, and the blood shall be to you for a token upon the houses wherein you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you, when I smite the land of Egypt, and let's go over to the 21st verse, then Moses called for the elders of Israel, and said unto them, draw out and take you a lamb according to your families, and kill the Passover, and you shall take a branch of hyssop, and dip it in the blood that is in the basin, and strike it, And strike the lintel and the two side posts with the blood that is in the basin. And none of you shall go out of the door of the house until morning. For the Lord will pass through and smite the Egyptians. And when he seeth the blood upon the lintel and upon the two side posts, the Lord will pass over the door. For I will not suffer the destroyer to come into your homes to smite you. Interesting portion of scripture. But you're sitting out there, you're wondering, what the heck's that got to do with me? This is Old Testament. It's a tradition, it's a, it's a symbol. What's it got to do with me? It's got a lot to do with you. It's got an awful lot to do with you. And we're gonna go over to the New Testament. We're gonna go over to First Corinthians. If you have if you got your Bibles, wander on over there, because this is you know, I believe that if we get some of this. Uh, there's going to be a lot of strength and power in our life. Well, you can say amen or oh my, but amen. join in, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 5 and 7. Now, the latter part of the seventh, read this. For even Christ, our, what's that? What's that word up there? Because it better say the same as mine. It doesn't say Passover? Then get rid of that version. (laughs) Jesus is our Passover. What it says here, for even Christ, our Passover is sacrificed for us. Now, what does that mean? Did we just read something? Did we just read what God did for the Egyptians or the Israelites? Do we really realize it happened there? Do you realize that that God caused the Egyptians to have favor with the Israelites? They actually brought them gold and precious jewels and things like that? You read that. You go on and you you get back and then you read that and you start studying that. You'll find out that the Lord moved upon the Egyptians to give the Israelites goods. Okay, that's about their their financial needs, isn't it? I mean, it takes money to get things done, whether you're an, an, uh, an Israelite or whether you're a Canadian. Another thing, you notice that there was, if you read in Psalms, the 105th Psalm tells us that God brought them out, he says, with gold and silver, but he says that there wasn't one feeble amongst them. Now we're talking, some say, Three million, some say less. But we're talking to roughly three million people, and there wasn't a weaker, or a feeble one amongst them. Did you ever ponder on that? Is that for the norm? Come on. How many people in this, in this city? Is there a weaker, or a feeble amongst them? Heck of a lot less here than three million. There's lots of weak and lots of feeble. Lots of sickly. But there wasn't one. Not one weak or feeble. Do you know what they did? What was required of them to gain, I believe, strength? They partook of that Passover. They ate the Passover lamb. It was required of them that they eat that complete animal. And God knew that they needed that strength because he sanctified and made that Passover lamb holy. And that, eating that, gave them supernatural strength to carry them for we don't know how many days. Not one sick, not one feeble amongst them supplied all their needs by causing a nation to give onto them when they wanted to really destroy them. Suffered that the destroyer would not touch one of them when all the firstborn of that land was destroyed. We just read it. The Lord said, I will fix it up so that when the destroyer comes by, it'll check out the blood. It'll check out the blood. And when he sees the blood, he will pass right on by. You getting the picture here? You getting a picture here of what just... See, we partook of the communion. But there's more to the communion than just us gathering together as a community. That's communion, it's fine. Yes, we're all together saying here, we recognize Jesus and what he's done for us. But we gotta recognize him as the Passover lamb because that's what the scripture says. You see, if we start getting this and we start understanding some of this, we start to release, because it's all done by what? Faith. It's all done by faith. With the heart, man believeth unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation, the Bible says. It's with your heart. The difference from you being well and being sickly is no different than what happened back then. It's partaking of the Passover lamb, Believing and trusting in the power there is in that blood and the sacrifice and broken body for us. Is that scripture or not? See, we don't often hear that preached. fact, like some of you probably never heard it preached. That Jesus is our Passover. Get that down. Get that down. Because it's, uh, it, 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 is, um, it is a powerful testimony to what happens when we believe and trust in Jesus Christ and what he has done. You see, if you're really going to get some of these nuggets, you've got to dig down a little bit. A lot of the real gold is hidden. It just doesn't fall off on you. you know, you've got to get in there. Dig around in the word. Start finding out what really belongs to you. See, do we really realize who we are, what belongs to us? Do we understand the power there is in our lives? Or are we just sort of laying down and letting the enemy have his way? Because quite often, that's what I do sometimes. I've got to turn to the scriptures. It's the only way I can do it. Because you know the pressures that are around you, just the negative in this world, will begin to push on you, and push on you, and just press on you, and press on you. It's kind of like a total opposite of faith. Because that's exactly what faith is, it's a pushing. You know the other day, have you ever worked with a wood chipper? Um, Not so much a wood chipper, I should say a stump grinder, sorry. I worked with one of these this weekend. And you know, as I was putting that machine on top of those stumps and grinding away, I was thinking to myself, you know what, this is exactly like faith. This is exactly like our faith. Because what our faith does, when we keep it on focus and we keep that thing right on the stump, it'll chews it a little bit and chews it a little bit and choose, it a, little bit, and choose it a little bit. We turn it around a bit, it chews it some more and choose it more. All of a sudden, before you know it, there's not even a stump there. See, that's why we don't want to give up. When there's a disease in our body, when there's an inflame, when there's something going on, when there's affliction, when there's problems in our families. Whatever it is, we don't want to give up. We want to just keep pressing in there, just keep chipping away. Just keep chipping away. The enemy will come along and tell you, missed it, you're done. Might as well fall over. You're done. No, no, you're not done. You're still the chipper. Keep pressing in with the faith. See, faith is the key to everything. Believing and trusting in the Lord is the key to everything. Just keep going at it. It may look like you're losing, but you're not. It's impossible for you to lose or for me to lose if we continue to believe mm-hmm. it is where we often fail is we give up mm-hmm. we look at the circumstance I remember a long time ago when I first came to the Lord back to the Lord the Lord spoke to me one time and said you know what son he said circumstance is like a hungry beast and it will stand before you to devour your faith because mm-hmm. that's just what it is the circumstances around you will try to eat away at your faith And it just keeps digging and digging and digging and chewing. But you just turn it right around and say, no, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to follow the word. I'm going to continue to believe what the Bible has to say about me, who I am. Oh, yeah. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. eh? I'll tell you, you you want to know about faith? You start studying Abraham. Well, there's a man that had some faith. Now, he made some mistakes, had some problems. You think you don't? All of us have some. But the thing was, Abraham kept with it. See, he was a real chipper. He just kept at it and kept at it and kept at it. Do you know that man? So he's uh, 99 years old and he fathers a son. His wife is 10 years younger. They father a son. He fathers a son. Well, you know, <laughs> a lot of us... We just look at Isaac and, man, that's, that's, that's great. But you know what? You follow on and study Abraham a little farther, you'll find out now Sarah died at 127 years old. So Abraham is at least 10 years older. That's 137. Now he goes on after that and takes himself another wife. Keturah has six more babies. Hmm. See, you've got to dig down for them nuggets. There's a man that had some faith. There's a man that God, see, when God touches you and does something in your body, he don't give, it doesn't quit. Well, we've got to be honest. 137 years old and his father's six more kids. Well, he's older than that, for sure. You see? No, you've got to study, you study about Abraham. The Bible says he was, a, he was a, a, a friend of God. You know why he was a friend of God? Because he just kept believing what he had to say. <laughs> just like you and me. We just keep believing what the Lord has to say. He said, you're my children. Thank you, Father. I'm glad. I want to be your child. Well, he says, I'm going to look after you. Well, thank you. I'm going to receive that, Father. And the enemy comes along and goes, no, you're, 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 you're way too evil for that to happen. And you start to believe that. You've got problems. You've got issues. And you start believing that. And the next thing you know, your faith begins to wither. It withers away. It begins to wither. And the strength isn't there to defeat the enemy. Amen? That's just simple. It's just simple biblical truths. But you know, there's so much power in the simplicity of it. Paul said that the gospel is really simple, didn't he? Hear what I have to say and believe it. Act upon it. Look what the Lord has done. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's go over to 2 Corinthians 5 and 21. And we're going on to another point here now. So Jesus is our Passover. And I think you need to ponder on that. And I need to ponder on that more and more and more. We need to, we need to meditate on that, chew that over, get to understand that, see how that applies and how it's applicable to us and how we can put it to practice and how we can see victories through it. Jesus, our Passover. The Bible says that his blood is precious. The precious blood of Jesus. 2 Corinthians, chapter 5. i got to get over to 2 Corinthians, sorry about that. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and 21. Let's read this. For he, talking about our father, hath made him, talking about our Lord Jesus, to be sin for us. Who knew no sin, that we, talking about you and me, might be made, M-A-D-E, made, 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 the righteousness of God, in Him. The righteousness of God in Him. Do you realize you've been made righteous? It's not what you did. It's not because you're so perfect. Or holy. You and I have been made righteous because Jesus was made to be sin. He was made to be sin who, had, who knew no sin. That we would be made the righteousness of God in Him. Now what does that do to our faith when we begin to understand that Jesus Christ was actually made to be sin for us? What does that begin to, what does that begin to do to? How does that begin to help us? You see, Jesus being made sin took your place. He took my place. Rightfully, we have no right to be heaven bound. Don't ever think it's because you just walked the aisle and received Jesus and you're so good. That's why you're going to heaven. No, you and I are going to heaven because Jesus made a way for us. He took everything for us. He took it all. He took all your problems, all your sins, and everything that you're going to do in the future. And he paid the price for it. So if Jesus has been made to be sin for me, that I might be made righteous, why do I have a sin attitude? Why do I have a, a, a behavioral pattern that thinks that I'm not worthy? Hmm. You, get, you get what I'm saying here? Mm-hmm. If I continually think I'm not worthy to receive the healing if I'm not worthy to receive the blessings of God, do you think they're going to come my way? Mm -mm. No, you see, we have to understand, we have to understand that it's not what we did, it's who we are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Isn't that reassuring? Isn't that, doesn't that just get you excited inside that somebody greater than you, somebody greater than me, has created us to be righteous? Based on us just receiving the precious gift of righteousness? How is the enemy going to defeat us? When Jesus is, first of all, our Passover, and the blood is over the doorposts of our lives, and that enemy would love to come in and destroy you. He'd love to, but he can't. Because you've got the blood on the doorpost of your life. You've received that precious holy blood that's painted bright red over your life. And when the enemy comes along, he looks at that and he says, I've got to move on. I've got to move on. Property purchased with a price. Now, that's not phony baloney. That's biblical truth. Wow. Wow, we can begin to look at ourselves differently after we leave here. After we study this for ourselves, don't take my word for this. Come on, be like the Bereans. Go home and check it out. Check it out for yourself. Is the guy full of hot air or not? I see probably half a dozen of you here with Bibles. How do you know what I'm telling you is true? Because it's written up there? No. Get home and study your word. Mm-hmm. Read it for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Let, see, Jesus said, My words are spirit and they are life. Life. Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. No man comes on the Father except by me. Jesus' words are spirit and they are truth. Mm-hmm. They're life when you read when you read them, you get them in your spirit. It's like spiritual food. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Glory to God. Jesus, he paid the price for us, made us righteous. So don't go around thinking you're just a big old sinner. Because lots of times that's what we're kind of taught, aren't it? We're taught that, oh, you're just so unworthy, you're just an old worm. You know, someday I'll make it into heaven. Don't know if I ever will, but maybe I will. Hope I will. No, no. No, no. You've been made righteous. I've been made righteous. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, let's go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter, chapter 1. 18. Oh, here we're going to get into some really good scripture here. Come on, folks, let's go praise the Lord. Hallelujah! For inasmuch as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, such as silver and gold, but from or, or from vain your vain conversation received by traditions of fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. That's how you're redeemed. You know what a redeem means? It simply means like you'd redeem a coupon. It's saved. You save it. You're saved by the precious blood of Jesus. As a precious, uh, the precious blood of Christ, as a lamb without blemish and without spot. See, now we go back to that Passover. You get where it's coming from? You get how this is all starting to tie to how a dull dove tails in? Oh, yeah. That's what the Father told the Israelites. Make sure that lamb is pure, it's a male lamb pure, no blemish, don't be given, make sure it's the best of the flock, hallelujah, just a year old, just a young one, it was young, some of us would have a hard time uh, slaughtering a lamb, but here we got the whole thing right here, but with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish or without spot, that's our Passover brothers and sisters, that's how we were saved. Is by that precious blood that was spread, shed for us. Amen? Glory to God. Let's go down a little farther. Okay, go to 23. Being born again. <laughs> New life started here. See? Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible by the word of God which liveth and abideth forever. Born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible seed which is the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it's the power of God unto salvation to them that believe. Do you know there's a, a huge tree called the Sequoia tree in California and I think parts of Washington or whatever? But you know, there's one behemoth that they call General Sherman. And I, put, I took down some statistics about the size of this tree. Okay. This tree is 275 feet tall. It's 102 feet in circumference. 102 feet in circumference. It has a weight of 2.7 million pounds. That's a big tree. I want to ask you a question brothers, sisters. What's the difference between a sequoia tree and stinkweed? One thing, only one thing, just one thing, the seed. That's the only difference between that giant sequoia tree, 2.7 million pounds, 275 feet tall, 102 foot circumference. The only one thing difference between that and some stinkweed is the seed. You getting it? You getting it? You're born again of what? The seed, incorruptible seed. Hallelujah. That means you grow according to that seed. Your DNA is in the seed. The holiness is in the seed. The righteousness is in the seed. The Passover, it's all in the seed. That's who you and I am, born again of incorruptible seed. Amen. Glory to God! That's you and me. Yeah. You getting it? Yeah. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! I'll tell you, don't let no devil come and tell you you're not worthy. Don't let no devil come and tell you that you're that you're you're not gonna make it. Hallelujah! Oh yeah. That's the difference. Is the seed. And thank the Lord, your life and my life is not based on our seed. See, our righteousness is not based on our seed. Because if it was, it'd be tainted. It'd be tainted. We'd have a problem. But it's not based on that. It's not based on that. It's not based on stinkweed. No, it isn't. It's based on Jesus. It's based on the word of God, which you live with and bite forever, forever and forever and forever and forever. That's the seed you're born of is the seed that bideth forever, forever and ever. Glory to God. Yeah. Praise the Lord. I tell you, we start getting excited when we start getting some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, the circumstances around us aren't so big anymore. No, no. No, when I stand 275 feet tall, uh-huh, based on the seed. Based on the seed. Hallelujah. Yeah, that old stinkweed don't look like much to me, does it? No, sir. That's the difference between that. Just the seed. The Bible says in 1 Peter 2 and 9 that we are a royal priesthood. Let's go over there and read that. 1 Peter 2 9. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a particular people, a peculiar people, that ye should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness unto his marvelous light. Based on that seed. Based on that seed. If you take a reference to that royal priesthood, you can go over to Revelation. Go to Revelation. Uh, What's Revelation? Revelation chapter 5. That was, yeah. Revelation chapter 5. And 10. And hath made us has made us unto our God, what? Kings and priests, and we shall reign on earth. He's made us that. You see, you got royal blood. You got royal blood. (laughs) Hallelujah. If you got royal blood, do you think royals would have the kind of problems Uh, you know, with, uh, uh, I guess, issues on what people think of us? If they're really living the royal royal lives? I'm not talking about phony ones. I'm talking about real people who understand their position as a king, as a prince, as a princess. No, they view things differently, don't they? There's a certain air about them. People respect them too. Because they're royalty. Well, you and I are (laughs) royalty. Hallelujah. Amen. We are royalty. Hmm. See, do we really, do we really understand what we're part of? Do we really understand our inheritance? You know, I, I'll just take you over, here's, here's something that just might, I don't know, some of you might not know this, but I, I'm going to take you over there. Let's go over to Revelation, the 21st chapter, and uh, let's start with 9. I, I want to read this to you, because this gives us a bit of an idea of some stuff. And there came unto me one of the seven angels, which had the seven veils, full of seven last plagues, and talked to me, saying, Come hither, I will show thee the bride, the Lamb's wife. And he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me that great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God, having the glory of God, and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone, clear as crystal. and had a a wall great and high, and 12 gates, and 12 gates, 12 angels, and the names written thereon, which are the names of the 12 tribes of Israel, children of Israel on the east three gates on the north three gates on the south three gates and on the west three gates and the wall of the city was had 12 foundations and in them the names of the 12 apostles of the lamb and he and he that talked with me had a golden reed and measured the city and the gates thereof and the walls thereof and the city lieth four square and the length is as large as the breadth and measured the city with the tw- uh, reed 12000 furlongs the length and breadth and height are equal. 12,000 furlongs. What the heck is that? <laughs> Not the rapture, but... 12,000 furlongs. Now, for you and you and I who uh, don't, aren't, aren't used to some of these measurements, you realize this city, here's a city. This is the New Jerusalem. This is, we're part of this. The New Jerusalem. 1,500 miles that way. 1500 miles that way. 1500 miles that way. 1500 miles that way and 1500 miles that way. Hmm. Now you think New York's big. This is the new Jerusalem. That's 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 the kind of God we've got. That's the kind of father we serve. That's just one city. Now you go on and get on and start reading some more of it. You'll find that there's twelve gates, and you'll find that each one of those gates is one pearl. You'll find that the streets are paved with gold. <laughs> fifteen hundred miles square and fifteen hundred miles high, and the streets are gold. Come on, are we getting a picture of? what we're a part of. And it's all because of the seed. It's all because of Jesus. That's who you are. That's your inheritance. Wow. Oh, I, I, don't, I don't think we've stopped and thought about that too much. Where we're going. What we're a part of. Who we are. What we can be down here who we can help, how we can touch people. You see, our biggest problem is that we're just, a lot of times we're directed with fear. It's sad, but it's true. Me too. Fear gets in there, mixes it all up, spoils the plan. But if you and I will turn to the Word, live out who we are, right down here, Yeah, we're going. We're be part of the New Jerusalem, sure, but we got we got things to do down here. We got the word to believe down here, act upon down here. Just like Mark was saying, you know, people are different now. I'm I'm glad I kind of went through the old days when, you know, when you went in there like you know I received the Lord Jesus in 1961, July 11th, 1961, and it was at a little place. A uh, little full gospel tabernacle at Veteran, Alberta. And, and I'll, I'll never forget that day as long as I live. I can still see it to this day. friend and I, I mean, I'm eight years old, brothers and sisters. 1961. I'm eight years old. I'm sitting in that congreg- in the, the congregation there, me and a buddy, and the preacher's preaching. I didn't even know. I didn't know he was preaching, really. I mean... Uh, I, th- I think his name was S. Paulson or something, because my dad wrote it in my Bible, wrote down the year and everything what whatnot in my Bible, which incidentally I got in 1959 with my Sunday school teacher, who was Loretta Lickness, which is Carolyn Don Johnson's mother. Wow. Isn't that something, eh? All from a little wee town like concert. But anyway, I'll never forget the time. My friend asked me, he said, do you want to go up? I says, Yeah. I went up there. I kneeled down. That man come over and prayed for me. Wow, something happened. Something happened. I was only eight. I was only eight years old. You wouldn't think some boy eight years old would have a bunch of burdens. You wouldn't think he'd have a bunch of problems. You wouldn't think he'd have a bunch of cares and concerns. And I didn't figure I did have. I was just a happy-go-lucky boy. Well, I got down there on that, knelt down at that little altar there. I think it was just a little wooden bench. And I got up out of there. I want to tell you the Lord touched me. I don't even think I walked out of that place. I'm sure my feet weren't on the ground. I could I, it's just it's just phenomenal what happened. How he touched me. He planted joy in me like you would not believe. I, I can't explain it. I don't know what happened. I can't I can't tell you how it, how it all came about. But some but the Lord touched me. And at 8, you're not going it, to there's nothing phony about it. You can't you can't work it up. You're not working it up. It's there. It happened. It's true. It's real Well, I'll tell you I didn't always live it right though Got a little older got a little wilder Got messed up in a few things Come up here to Coal Lake Got tangled up in different relationships one I got divorced from more relationships Other problems. One day, after a breakup or whatever, there, I'm sitting in my little trailer. I'm just sitting down, and and, well, first of all, I should tell you, the young fella that was working at the garage. Now, you might, some of you might know uh, Mrs. Armstrong, Mrs. Armstrong, yeah, but Betty Armstrong is her name. She's had a very nice voice, sing around here. It was her son. He got born again. He's working down at the Chrysler shop, washing cars. I'm fixing cars down there. He comes up to me one day and he goes, uh, starts talking to me about the Bible. I says, well, I'm born again. And he goes, well, I know that because I was over there and the Lord spoke to me and said, go talk to John. He's born again. So he comes over and he talks to me. Well, I, I didn't... Now, I've always had a respect for those who preach the gospel, respect for those who, because I've been a part of that, and I knew I wasn't doing right, but I still had a respect for the things of God. And when the boy talked to me, I listened. So that, a few nights later or whatever, I'm at home in my place, and I'm sitting on the couch there, on the, my chair, actually, and I'm just thinking, just kind of pondering on the events that are taking place and what's been going on. And the Lord spoke to me. And he said, son, He says, you know, back in 61, you know that when you got born again, do you remember the joy that filled you and how that joy has remained and it's been your strength day upon day through every circumstance? There are people that tell me, how can you go through all this mess in your life and still have a smile on your face? Well, it wasn't because of who I was. It was because of what Jesus had put in me. And I'd I'd carry that along. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you know, son, if you continue living the way you're living, there's no guarantee that'll remain. Whoa, like to scare the bejesus out of me. Boom. I, I'll tell you something. It just, I just couldn't. I, I, to lose that, I'd rather lost my life than to lose that joy and that peace that was inside me that I couldn't explain. Didn't know how it got there, really, other than that I just received Jesus and that's all I, covered, that's all I uh, you know, thought of. Well, I figured... I'm not going to lose that. I'm going to turn my ways around Amen. and look what the Lord has done. Amen. Praise the Lord. See, similar, you, you, all of you here got similar stories. Mm-hmm. Happened to every one of you. Something yeah. that, you could, that you could turn around to yourself and say, well, look what the Lord has done. Mm-hmm. You're here, aren't you? You're listening to some die rattling on about the word. You're listening to somebody preaching at you. Look what the Lord's done. You wouldn't be here if it wasn't for what he'd done. Do You think you'd be here listening to this? You'd be saying, forget that noise. I'm going somewhere else doing something else. But it's the Lord. It's the Lord. It's the Lord that's done it. See, look what the Lord has done. Every one of our lives. <laughs> for sure. Well, glory to God. What do you say then from now on? We just thank him for what he has done. And we look forward with anticipation to what he's going to do. And we begin to believe what he said he's going to do. Mm -hmm. And we believe what he's going to do in our own personal lives. Mm -hmm. We let faith reign. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. We're not going to pay attention to the circumstances. Mm -hmm. Some of you have gone some things. You've gone some things, brother. It's the Lord. I've gone through things. We've all gone through things. We've gone through, I've, 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 I've had to go to the Lord several times for things in my body, diseases and things that, ooh, they look pretty bad. But you know what? Just keep pressing in, keep pressing in. Next thing you know, you wake up one and you go, you know what? I hadn't realized it, but that affliction's gone. And you just go, well, glory to God, thank you. Look what the Lord's done. Every one of us have had that situations, those situations in our lives. One way or the other, somewhere along the line, you've got reason to thank the Lord. And if you haven't, well then, perhaps you just didn't recognize it. Mm-hmm. Perhaps you just didn't take the time to turn around and just, just to sit down and to think and look back to where you came from. Yeah. Hallelujah. All glory goes to Jesus. All glory goes to our Father. Yeah. Hallelujah. Well... There is one more thing. Kind of running out of time here, but I just want to quickly say Jesus, if you go to 1 John chapter 2, verse 1, it talks about Jesus being our advocate. See, even after all of this, there's a way made for you and I when we mess up. An advocate is a lawyer. The definition is one who pleads for another to vindicate. It means to prove to be just, to defend, to justify. You see, Jesus is our defense lawyer. That's basically what an advocate is. He's a defense lawyer, and he goes on our behalf before Father God and says, I paid the price. I took their their sin. I took their punishment. The prosecutor's over there. You know who he is. The Bible says he's forever. He's trying to condemn the children of God. That's Satan. He's the prosecutor. He's trying to upset the whole basket. But Jesus is very experienced and has no problem defending you and I. He paid the price with his own blood to buy you, to pay your freedom, to pay my freedom. Hallelujah. No satanic prosecutor has a leg to stand on. He can come conf- uh, and uh, accuse the brethren, because that's what the Bible says. He's, he's accuser of the brethren. That's what he's doing. He's accusing you before the Father. And Jesus goes, no, no. No, no. They are mine. I paid the price. They go free. And the judge goes, sustained. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's you and me. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, hallelujah. We're going to close her down. We're going to close in prayer. And if you got something on your heart, you want prayer with or something, Mark or myself or somebody will pray with you. If you don't know Jesus, listen, listen. Don't leave this place if you have not made a decision for the Lord Jesus. And do it publicly. Jesus died for you publicly. Don't be afraid to come up publicly and make your stance for Jesus. To make your stance for Christianity. To become part of what we're talking about today. I don't know you all in here, but if that's you, don't, don't leave this place without coming up. and it, it, it's, it's the most, I would say the most wonderful thing you'll ever do in your life. That's what I would say. And there's others here that just went amen because they've experienced the exact same thing that we're talking about. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. Father, I just want to thank you for your word. And I ask, please, Father, that you would get all the glory from everything that transpires through your word here today. Father, I just want to thank you that we can trust in you we know that you have never said a thing that you didn't mean. You've never, you've never going to uh, uh, not stand behind your word. Father, when we come to you, when we come to you, we, we, we know this, that you will follow your word and carry us through, and you'll never lie. You'll always be there for us, Father. For this is the confidence that we have in him, that we ask anything according to his will. He hears us. And if we know he hears us, then we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. <laughs> so we're petitioning you today, Father. Bring us into a deeper relationship with you. Open your word up to us in a greater way as we open it up. Help us to be diligent. Just quicken it to our minds to, to Father, to, to open our words and just study it. Even if it's just five minutes a day or whatever. Even if it's just to open the Bible and just run our hands over it and just to, to start to appreciate the wonderful Word of God. Help us to have a greater understanding. Help us to understand that, yes, you are our Passover. You paid the ultimate price. Thank you for the blood that's on the doorposts of our lives. The enemy cannot come in and hurt us. We will not take down that blood, Father. We will not pull it down with our negativeness and our unbelief, but we will keep it there by faith in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, as we go home now and depart and go our separate ways, Father, I pray you just continue to bless us this week. Help us to, uh, well, help us, Father, to where we've fallen short, help us to help others. That we can just share your love with others. Maybe bring people across our path, Father, that we can just uh, share your love with. And Lord, I, I pray that you prepare their hearts as they come. And just uh, thank you for that wonderful seed falling onto fertile ground, and it, it would Take root and grow and bear fruit, Father. We thank you for everything you're doing here today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You have been listening to Cold Lake Community Church podcast. We hope that you've been blessed by this teaching from Cold Lake Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families connect.